You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Can I hear it from Camp 5 Midwest 2019? We're going to ask a couple questions of a live studio audience at Camp 5 Midwest. So we want you to drink the Kool-Aid. Where your hosts, Paul David Thompson and Doc G, take the discussion on topics in the financial independence movement to the next level. Guest panelists share their opinion to questions that don't have clear answers to help you refine your path to financial independence. Welcome. This is Paul David Thompson from Ready Investor One. And this is Doc G from Diversify.com. So, Paul Thompson, what's up next? Well, Doc, you always sound so serious when you ask me that question. It gets me kind of nervous. But today we're talking with all the audience, the live audience at Camp 5 Midwest 2019. And we're just going to ask a couple of questions of the audience and just kind of have a live studio experience here. Can I hear it from Camp 5 Midwest 2019? I think before we bring any audience members up, we should do a little explaining about ourselves. Paul and I met, actually, at a Camp Phi. How did you hear about Phi in the first place, Paul? Actually, how did you hear about financial independence in the first place? How I heard about financial independence in the first place was that I wanted out of my day job so desperately I could not stand it, and I just went searching. And I wish I knew exactly which SEO blog popped up first, but I went down the rabbit hole deep, and I wanted to figure out a ways for me to accelerate my exit plan for my day job. And I had only been saving 20% of my income for the last 15 years and felt like a schmuck. But that's better than the average American by quite a bit. And I thought I was doing well until I realized that I would still be working until I was nearly 60. So it was only saving 20% of your income that made you feel like a schmuck? Right, right. (laughs) I, I just wanted to clarify that. This, this audience, when you dig down into the rabbit hole, you realize that that's really not that hot and you really aren't really anything compared to retiring at age 30 or 35 or after just a few years of working. That's just not common amongst the most of the Americans who consume this material, who find this material. And if you are maybe hearing this material for the first time, that's normal to think that. Yeah, I heard a financial independence through a kind of funny way. I was living a fairly financially independent life. I was saving greater than 50%. I was living fairly frugally. 
I had owned real estate at the time, but I didn't have a vocabulary that helped me understand what financial independence was or even when I could pull back from work. So I was a practicing physician and I was getting pretty exhausted and burned out. And back in 2014, a guy named Jim Dolly, the white coat investor, actually sent me his book to review for my medical blog. And I read it and all of a sudden I had the words to explain all the things that I was experiencing. Hmm. So I didn't even know how to calculate what my financial independence number was. Like I had asked my accountant, so when can I retire? And my accountant said, oh, when you have $10 million. I'm like, okay, well, I don't have $10 million. And then I asked my financial planner, I said, when can I retire? And he did like, he ran a Monte Carlo on it and he said, oh, you know, you're still a bunch of years away, but you know, he asked me how much do you want to spend a year? And I, I wasn't even tracking my spending. So I'm like, I'd like to spend about $250,000 a year. So I had no idea. And he never even told me to track. So Jim Daly sent me this book and it opened my eyes and changed my life. And that was how I first heard of financial independence. Did you change any of your behavior after hearing that? I kind of did, which was really funny. You would think I had gotten all this information. I had done the research. I looked at my own numbers and I knew immediately that I was financially independent. So what did I do? I started trying to be more frugal. It made no sense. It was like I discovered financial independence and I was like, okay, we got to get rid of a car. We've got to stop eating out as much. And I, I did the strangest thing. It was totally counterproductive, but it was almost what I needed to go through, right? Because I needed to feel out what financial independence was. I needed to understand the numbers. And obviously, I relaxed that over the months when I became more comfortable with this idea. But something that really changed my life was coming to Camp Phi. Paul, I know we talked about we met at Camp Phi Midwest a year ago, but was that your first Camp Phi? <laughs> no, it wasn't. I think the first one I went to was the January before that. It was in Florida. And I wish I knew how I heard about that, but that was just when Choose Fi was launching their podcast. They weren't really well known yet. And I heard about that. You did some good marketing, Stephen. You're one target audience of me, right? <laughs> and I showed up and thought it was just a fantastic experience. And I think now this is maybe my sixth one that I've been to. So for me, I first heard of Camp Phi because someone who I really respected, physician on fire, Leif Dahlin, was advertising that he was going to be at a Camp Phi Midwest. So I wanted to meet him. I was like, okay, I really resonate with what he's saying. He was talking about at some point leaving his anesthesia job and I was here practicing internal medicine and I knew that at some point I would wanna be taking the same path. So I came to Camp Fi Midwest and I have to tell you, you know, most people come to Camp Fi or many people come to Camp Fi because they wanna learn some type of information, right? They yeah. wanna know how do I get to financial independence? How do I do real, real estate? Or, or today we talked a lot about how do I travel hack? You know, for me, it was none of that. Like I kind of already had figured out my finances, but I hadn't found my tribe. Like, I've talked about my past, and I grew up, and I became a physician, and this was something I always knew I wanted to do, but it never really sat that comfortable with me. Like, I never made lots of doctor friends. I didn't go hang out in the doctor's lounge. It just wasn't who I was, and I realized I never really felt part of a group. And probably somewhat unknowingly, I came to my Camp 5 Midwest last year because I needed so much to find a connection with people who thought and understood what I was going through. And it was so refreshing to walk into the same very room that we are in right now a year ago and find my people and i have to tell you it, it was the most amazing thing it was something that i knew i needed but it was somewhat subconscious because i don't think i could have put it in words but that's what i discovered here and it gave me a huge amount of confidence it gave me the confidence to look at my job and say okay being a physician is what i do but it's not necessarily who i am 
And that was really a critical moment for me because before I knew I financially could leave being a physician, but I didn't know if I could emotionally leave mm. being a physician. And I learned that here and it forever changed my trajectory. I work a lot less at being a physician, although I still enjoy doing the part that I do. We've created this podcast together. This wasn't even in existence a year ago. That's right. I started writing more. I got more into the community, and it, it really changed my life. And it makes me wonder for you, like, why do you think you went to your first Camp Fi? What drove you to go there? Well, before I answer that, I'm going to make a little comment. Of all the people that you met at Camp Fi Midwest last year, what on earth made you so silly to partner up with me? So here's the thing about Paul Thompson. <laughs> Paul is a fairly quiet guy, right? So I'm the kind of guy, if you put me in a room of people talking, I can't help it. You won't stop. I won't stop. I'll jump in. I want to give my opinion. I want to be heard. It's actually one of my foibles. Like, I look back and say, you know, maybe I should let other people talk. <laughs> I know. You guys don't believe this, right? <laughs> Paul would sit in the back of a room and listen, and then someone would ask him a question, and he would say the most amazing things. And I realized the depth of knowledge he had about tons of subjects. And I always respected the fact that you didn't feel that egotistical need to like throw yourself in, which I still feel today. I am who I am. But you sit so comfortably with your knowledge about real estate or about financial independence. And it doesn't, you know, you express it when asked and you express it eloquently and perfectly. But you don't have that drive that sometimes I feel to like throw myself in. And I really respect that. I, I think it's really impressive. That's interesting because... I feel like we're the blind leading the blind sometimes, but I'll take it. So back to your original question of why, what first drove me to uh, attend Camp Fi in Florida nearly a year and a half ago was I wanted the community as well. I didn't really have the terms for it, but I have been in real estate for a while before that. And I learned from real estate that what I got from being in that space of being a real estate investor and going to conferences was not necessarily what I learned from real estate, but from the people I met at conferences. So I suspected that would be the case with the Camp Fi or the Choose a Fi or the financial independence movement as well. And it turns out it's probably that and even more so. So let's turn that back on you. And what do you expect to leave from this Camp Fi this time? So 100% it's connection. What I get from coming to these meetups is the people I meet. And to be sitting in a room with high quality people talking about things that matter is special. And I realize that in my life, I don't have that every day. I have it more than I had it a year ago. And I certainly have it more than I had it 10 years ago. But this is special and you don't get this every day. And holding on to that, enjoying it, being in the moment, to be here and present, I think to me is the most important part of this. And it's what I really take from it. And I'm going to ask you a trick question here. Uh -oh. Who is responsible for you coming to this Camp Five this year? <laughs> uh, so this is funny. Uh, both Stephen and Doc G conspired against the happiness of my family <laughs> to... <laughs> to get me to come here because I had multiple trips planned the weekend before this and I'm going to FinCon this coming week as we're recording this and kids had just started back to school trying to get back in the rhythm and I get a text or a Facebook message from Steven saying you gotta be here we, we need a real estate guy come on we need you here before I knew it I was on a plane and driving with Doc G and there you go yeah the poor guy had to sit through like six hours of me talking at him as I was driving I'm sure it was really horrible but he survived <laughs> I am here. I am here. So I survived. He's still here. So 
I think it's time to bring up some Camp Fi members and let's talk to them about their journey. Uh, Vaz, are you out there? Yes, I am. Okay, please introduce yourself. Hi, everyone. My name is Vozul Heights. I am from California. I am a junior in college and I'm majoring in entrepreneurship. All right, so how did you hear about financial independence in the first place? So I actually kind of grew up around it. I didn't know the terminology or the specific financial independence vocabulary. However, my my parents were very frugal, lived well below our means, and growing up, I haven't really spent all that much money. You know, being in college, we don't have very many expenses, relatively zero, and I just kept saving and saving. And so that's kind of how it, it all got started, and it's great to find other people who have the same values in mind. So where did you get that vocabulary? Like, how did you hear of Camp Fi? Where did you learn that there was such thing as a financial independence? Great question. I actually found out through another Camp Fi attendee here today, and we met about a year ago. We both had a huge passion for finance, and the first time I met this gentleman, we talked for 14 hours straight about finance. Pretty incredible. And uh, he brought up the idea about Fi. And he listened to the podcast Choose Fi and several others, and I hadn't heard of it before. And we began looking into it, and this was a date that overlapped our schedules. And I'm so glad that I was able to make it. I'm supposed to be in school, but I am here instead. And thank gosh for that. So you're supposed to be in school then, so why are you here? I think this has a lot more value uh, to, to give. Which is saying a lot, sorry parents for uh, paying for my education, well thank you for paying for my education and that I'm here as well. But it's incredible because you know we have the schedule of when you guys speak and different breakout sessions, but the amount you learn apart from that during the breaks is insane. It's almost more than the breakout sessions. You know, you begin talking with other people and find similar interests and people with different backgrounds. It's phenomenal. I'm so glad I'm here. So this is an interesting idea, the difference between didactic learning, which we do in our educational systems, and experiential learning, which we get from being amongst our peers and learning from other people who are out there in life doing what we want to do. And that, that brings up a big question with you, because I know you've struggled with this idea of, do I continue college? Do I start a business now? What role do you think education is playing for you? And how worthwhile is the money you have to spend on college? You know, it's a very difficult thing to answer, because experiential learning, I'm a very visual spatial guy. It's very difficult for me to sit in a chair for multiple hours in a day listening to someone speak in front of the room, as opposed to creating a business, learning from experience, and doing that. It's very difficult. I think I will finish college. I think that is the correct thing to do, being in business, an entrepreneurship major. That does say something about yourself and about your accomplishments, whether you pursue a job or create a job for yourself, that's something that I will finish. And, you know, you don't have to do one or the other. And this is something we talked about before is doing a side hustle in adjacent with school. And so when will you finish? What's your projection? So technically about a year and a half left. Okay. So about a year and a half left. Will you get a job or will you start a business? I will continue the business that I've started. I have a couple partners. It's a finance business. That's another reason why I'm here. And I hope to continue that and many others. Okay. And so last question for you, Vaz. What do you expect to leave here with? 
You know, the knowledge, I think, from hearing everyone else's experience, you know, we all have very similar goals in mind, retirement, FI, and this whole movement. And it's really interesting to hear everyone's experience at the different stages in that whole movement, whether they're at the tail end and already enjoying it, or at the very beginning, like I am, 20 years old and still in college. It's really interesting to hear all that knowledge, and that's something I will take away and hold forever. I want to try something here. Audience members, I want you to raise your hands. I'm going to ask you two questions. Should Vazel stay in college? That's question one. Or question two, should he leave early and pursue his business now? All right, you ready? So raise your hand for the one you agree with. Should Vazel leave college now? There is one hand out of 50 people. All right, and should he stay in college until he's finished? almost everyone in the room. That is amazing. Thank you, Vazel, for your story. And we are going to call our next person up. Laura, can you come to the mic, please? Welcome. Please give us a quick introduction, please. My name is Laura Sunday, and I'm a PhD student at the University of Michigan, and I study how people feel about work. So how did you hear of financial independence in the first place? So about a year ago, yeah, a little over a year ago, I was reading a Money Magazine article that my dad gave to me and it was an interview with Vicki Robin. At the time, I was studying something completely different for my dissertation, but when I read that interview, I decided to change my topic. Oh, that's interesting. So what did she talk about in her interview? It was basically what she's been talking about for the past several decades, which was just this idea of being more conscious about how you spend your time and thinking about work and money in a different way. And so what do you expect to leave here with? Well, mostly I came because I wanted to understand and experience more about the community, the FI community that people talk about so much on the blogs. It's one thing to study, you know, the forums and the online community. It's another thing to experience it in person. So I wanted to experience that. And then I was also hoping to find people who might want to be involved in the study. So financial independence It's a true phenomenon now, right? It's being studied. We can put it in the books. This is a real thing. It exists. One other question. When you've been studying it and all these people you've been talking to, do you think you're more likely or less likely to pursue financial independence in your own life? That's a really wonderful question. I think on the frugality side of it, I'm already totally in, (laughs) maybe because Not necessarily by choice, but because as a grad student, I need to be frugal. I think I'm one of the lucky ones in the sense that I've found work that I really, really enjoy. The more I interview people, the more I realize that people really emphasize the FI and not necessarily the RE. So yes, I definitely think you've all had your influence on me. I'm starting to think about these things in different ways. So the question I have for you is you're relatively new to this movement, if you want to call it that. And you're studying it right now and you're going to write about it at an academic level, but what are your first impressions? What are your takeaways right now? Yeah, it's still very early in the study, but the thing that drew me to this group was that you all seem to be pioneering a different vision of what work ought to be and what life ought to be. And so I think there's something really unique about that. You had mentioned the first day that FI has been around for decades. There are people who have been doing this stealth wealth tactic for years, but I think 
this community life is perhaps something new that maybe wasn't around 50 years ago because before the internet it would have been difficult to create something like this. So that part of it seems new to me. Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. I mean, Joe Dominguez and Vicky Robin started, Joe started, I think, in the 60s and 70s, and Vicky and Joe started teaching these classes in 1980, and I believe the book came out in 1992. Is it the internet that's making this different now? Like, why didn't it catch on then? That's a really good question. And I know there actually are a few bloggers out there who have written some thoughts about why they think it's happening now. It's one of the things I'm hoping to explore in the interviews, to be honest, what people think about. So where can we get a hold of you? Sure. So you can reach me by email at firestudy at umich.edu. And that's Laura... Sunday. Sunday. I like that. S-O-N-D-A-Y. S-O-N. And are you looking for people to participate in your study about financial independence? Yes. People of all different backgrounds, all different stories. It doesn't matter where you are in your journey. And what kind of questions will you ask them or how will they participate? That's a really good question, actually. The questions are um, varied. Uh, It's a semi-structured interview, so most of the questions are open-ended. And we'll talk about stuff that you talk about here at the retreats. What does money mean to you? When did your journey start? Those types of questions. And it's confidential? Yes, absolutely. So... We believe that financial independence is a sociological and anthropological movement. So in order to move it forward, we have to study it. That's right. And that's what Laura's doing. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much for your contribution, and we'll bring Bob up. So Bob, can you introduce yourself, please? Sure. My name is Bob Haynes. I'm from Surf City, New Jersey. My wife and I are currently in the midst of a one-year mini-retirement. And how did you first hear about financial independence? So I think I was brought up with it. My grandmother taught me about the rule of 72 and talked to me about how once you establish yourself, every raise that you get, you can spend 10% of it, but invest the other 90%. She said savings bonds. I've had to modify that a little bit, but that's where, uh, that's where it came from. Can you define the rule of 72 for those of us who don't know what it is? Sure. So the idea with the rule of 72 is for any interest rate that you're earning on your money, if you divide that interest rate by 72, that'll give you the amount of time it takes your money to double. All right. And I know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask anyway, is this your first Camp Fi? This is not my first Camp Fi. This is my number two Camp Fi. So why did you come back? Yeah. So the community is why I came back. I was here last year, the same exact location. When I found out about Camp Fi on the Choose Fi podcast. I went to sign up for the local one, which was in the Mid-Atlantic, and it was already sold out. And this was the next one that was available. So I'm like, cool, I'm here. Let's talk a little bit about how your life has changed from the last Camp Fi to this Camp Fi. What I hear you saying and the content I've seen and from your posts on Facebook and my talks with you, you're a much different person than you were last year when we first met. Tell us about some of those changes. Yes, I am. So last year when I was here, my wife had actually already orchestrated her own layoff and was happily waiting for me to join her in this one-year travel adventure that we've been talking about for years. And I was very hesitant to actually leave my job. I had golden handcuffs. I was looking down the barrel of several large bonuses coming in relative short order. And I also had some excuses that I had made up in my own mind as to why I couldn't quit my job that I told the entire group about last year. And over this past year, I've gotten to the place where, okay, it's time. It's really time for me to stop talking about taking the year and actually take the year and go have fun with my wife. So you no longer are gainfully employed. Is that a fair assessment? That's a fair assessment. Okay. So if I remember correctly, about 14 weeks ago, you put in your notice. Correct. 
Yeah. And so from last year to now, you are no longer gainfully employed. That's what you took away from last year. What are you going to take away from this year? What new and amazing things will happen because you attended? Yeah. So for me, I'm an introverted guy and the vast majority of the people in my real life sphere have no idea what FI is about and don't get it. So coming here, I feel like I'm with kindred spirits and people that get me. And as an introvert, it's nice to have something that I can already know that I can connect with people with. So taking more relationships, deepening the relationships I have and keeping those going. So you're very careful to say you're taking a year off. Might this not be final early retirement? Yeah, yeah. So you called me out on this on my Facebook post. Thank you. Uh, (laughs) So my messaging has been very specific on this one year off just because I felt like telling people that, hey, I'm retiring for good was kind of a harsh message, especially the company that I work for. It's a, I know the founder for 12 years. It's a small company, 28 people, and everybody really relied on me. So I didn't want to like shove it in anybody's face that I was fully retired and never have to work again. So that's why we've stuck with the one-year messaging. Well, congratulations, whether it be a one-year off or a full-time retirement. Thank you so much for contributing. Thanks, Paul. How about a round of applause for early retirement? All right. Can we have Julie come up here? Can you give us an introduction, please? My name is Julie Mashevsky. I am a 36-year-old living in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. And how did you first hear about the financial independence movement? I was lucky enough to have a couple of friends uh, suggest the Choose Five podcast, and my close friend had to suggest it several times <laughs> before I was willing to give it a listen, and I am so grateful that I did. And this is your first time here, I take it? Yes. And so why are you here? What does it take for someone who doesn't know that much about this community yet come to Money Nerd Camp? I think part of me thought that I would learn more in depth about the topic itself, but as I'm here more and more, it's all about the community and the connections that I've been making. This episode is brought to you by Range Rover Sport. Range Rover Sport leads by example. With a visceral, uncompromising, and dramatic feel, this car helps you rise to the occasion. How does it do that? Range Rover Sport has powerful on-road performance and commanding all-terrain capability by combining assertiveness with signature Range Rover refinement. This is the car that redefines sporting luxury. The new Range Rover Sport features advanced cabin technologies such as active noise cancellation and cabin air purification, purposeful cockpit-like driving position, and award-winning PIVI Pro infotainment is at the heart of the experience and provides intuitive control of the vehicle systems. Design your Range Rover Sport at LandRoverUSA.com. Once again, explore and build your Range Rover Sport at L-A-N-D-R-O-V-E-R. USA.com. That's LandRoverUSA.com. Are you struggling to close deals? B2B selling is tougher than ever, and that's why I want to tell you about LinkedIn Sales Navigator. Fueled by LinkedIn's 1 billion member platform, Sales Navigator gives you the most up-to-date first-party data, enabling you to unlock conversations with the people that matter. Sales Navigator helps you target the right buyers, service key signals such as job changes or which accounts you should prioritize, and shows you hidden allies so you can find those buyers that are most likely to convert. 
LinkedIn Sales Navigator is a sales intelligence platform that helps professionals effectively prospect and engage high-value customers, drive higher revenue, and increase sales performance. Right now, you can try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com slash earn. That is linkedin.com slash E-A-R-N for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com slash earn and get started. Are there parts about the technical issues that you still have questions about? I mean, do you feel like you understand how to get to financial independence now? Yes, I completely feel like I understood the technicality or at least the places to go to find the technical answers to the questions I had after listening to probably about 40 of the Choose Fi episodes. So now it's just trying to take it to that next level and figure out you know, what this all means to me and how I'm going about doing it. And this far in, a day and a half, are you any more clear on what this means to you? Yeah, I would say I definitely am because I think there's so much with the numbers. I feel like in my job and in my financial independence life, I am very good at Excel. I've run all the numbers. Excel at Excel. But what <laughs> what I want to focus more on is the people, the people in my life and spending more time with the people that matter most to me and that's friends and family. So what is it that you take away from an event like this? Do you know yet? I'm hoping a lot of friends that I can rely on to call when I have questions or if I just want to talk, fi. Because I'm lucky enough to have a couple close friends in my real life, quote unquote, to talk fi with, but I want that number to grow. And this is one way to make that grow. So I'm going to put this out for a lot of the listeners because a lot of our listeners listen to this podcast or listen to Choose FI, and that's kind of enough for them. So I'm wondering what you gain from being here in person that's different from just listening to podcasts. I think being able to share stories in person and having those people look you in the eye and talk to you about what you're doing well and what they want in life and what you want in life. And to me, it's sharing my life stories with a group of people I didn't know. I shared a very emotional moment with this whole group the first night that I met them, and it was so well received. And that's a very big thing that you can't experience through a podcast. Yeah, I'll say I experienced that too when I came to my first one last year. We think we're talking about money, but in a lot of ways we're talking about the things deep down inside that affect us, and some of them hurt us. And I found myself very emotional my first Camp Fi, even my first FinCon, because again, when you go and you say, I'm going to become financially independent, you're putting a stake in the ground, and you're saying that I'm going to change my life, and change is hard. change is really, really hard. And to do that, sometimes we have to let go of parts of ourself that maybe aren't the best, but we identify with them. And so these are emotional gatherings. And for people who've never been to one, it can get really emotional. We talk about the things that matter. And that's why this is so important. That's why, in my opinion, at least, you can't get this experience by reading someone's blog. And you can't get this experience by listening to a podcast. And I read lots of blogs, and I listen to lots of podcasts, and I learn lots of information. But there's something different when you sit across from someone, look into their eyes, and talk to them. And it brings up the tough stuff, too. The heavy stuff, yeah. Sometimes the most difficult. Thank you so much, Julie. So, Paul, I'm going to ask, are you going to go to another campfire after this? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I will absolutely come to Camp Fi. Camp Fi, meetups, conferences, all of it. 
they're so important. And coming together with a group like this, we've already drunk the Kool-Aid, so to speak, as we were talking about. Or the beer. Or beer. We've already drunk the beer. We've already drunk something that's gotten induced us to be here. But for those of people listening to us who've never done it, it is just a different experience. It connects you more and also helps you deal with some of the foibles. I mean, trying to become financially independent is not easy. It's tough. There are lots of ups and downs. And sometimes having a group of people that you can talk with about those ups and downs makes it much more bearable. Because we all know, and if you don't know by now, you should know that almost anyone, given the right circumstances, chances, education, luck, we all in some way can be more financially independent. Maybe not exactly to that final point, but we can all do better with our finances. But in order to do that, we have to persist. And to persist, you have to feel understood and you have to be connected to other people who are helping you do that because we can't do it alone. And that's what's up next. That's a wrap. I met actually at a Camp Fi. How did you hear about Fi in the first place, Paul? Well, first of all, let's get things straight. We're opening up our can of beer, all right? Both of us? Yep. Cheers. Cheers. Mine's already half done, but that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) So financial independence, it's a true phenomenon now, right? It's being studied. We can put it in the books. This is a real thing. It exists. Well, I guess we'll find out after I defend my dissertation. And so what's interesting about these Camp Fi events is we don't actually pull out our spreadsheets that much and compare our numbers. That's unfortunate. (laughs) So you came to the wrong camp? No, 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 no. no. Yeah, I've never cried so much in my life except the one year that I've known Doc G, so be careful. I have this reputation of being the cry inducer. I'm really good at making people cry because I ask all sorts of questions. So, Paul, I'm going to ask, are you going to go to another Camp Fi after this? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I will absolutely come to Camp Fi because for, at the very least, you two will conspire against my family's happiness once again to get me here. So we want you to drink the Kool-Aid, basically, is what we're trying to say. Tech moves fast. So keep pace with the Daily Crunch podcast from TechCrunch. With new episodes every day, this podcast will give you a quick overview on everything you need and should know about startups, new tech, regulations, and more. Listen to TechCrunch Daily Crunch now, wherever you get your podcasts. That's TechCrunch Daily Crunch, wherever you get your podcasts. It feels really good to be productive, but a lot of the time it's easier said than done, especially when you need to make time to learn about productivity so you can actually, you know, be productive. But you can start your morning off right and be ready to get stuff done in just a few minutes with the Inc. Productivity Tip of the Day podcast. New episodes drop every weekday, so listen and subscribe to Inc. Productivity Tip of the Day wherever you get your podcasts. That's Inc. Productivity Tip of the Day wherever you get your podcasts.